Hello, everybody. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Garibaldi Reds, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. I'm Max is your host, and here today to discuss Forest transfer window business as well as look ahead to Bournemouth on Sunday. Joining me to chat about all of that and more, it is Talksport broadcaster and Forest fan Max Scott. Max, I can imagine yesterday was a uh, incredibly busy day for you, or, or maybe not, given that deadline day is kind of, kind of not what it used to be potentially. Yeah, it's a bit of an anticlimax. I think when the sporting story of transfer deadline day is, is is an F1 story that Lewis Hamilton's gone to Ferrari, then you know that there's I think changing tides in the football finance world, and and we're seeing that we're seeing the impact of that in in deadline day. But now, you know, as ever, transfer deadline day is exciting regardless. So, so yeah, it was good. Yeah, no, good stuff. Uh, we are live as well on, on YouTube and Facebook, Nottingham Forest News and Garibaldi Red on YouTube. So any comments you've got about the January transfer window, what you've made of it, all of that, remember to get them in. And me and Max will do our best to answer those uh, and have a chat, really. Um, Max, I suppose let's begin then with a bit of an interesting January transfer window for Forest, probably the quietest in a long time, which is mad to say that there's still quite a lot of outgoings and three signings come through the door. Uh, the owners adopting this kind of net zero approach. What did you actually make to the window overall before we kind of have a look at um, more in-depth signings that we brought in? It's a simple question, but I, I think it's quite difficult to answer. What do I make of the window? I mean, we've become so used to players players coming in. Um, I, th- I think the big story of Forest transfer window um, is about Mangala leaving. Um, he's arguably been our most consistent player from the start of the season, one of our highest performers, you know, incredibly composed on the ball. I think he's just he's just very consistent and good for a side like Forrest that are struggling towards the bottom of the table. But, um, you know, a, again, a bit like transfer deadline day as a whole, I think the, the selling of Mangala um, is a symptom of, the sort of the increased strictness of the Premier League's profitability and sustainability rules, um, and so I do think that we 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 are victim of that. Obviously, we have charges against us, and so um, in a way, although although it's sad to see someone like Mangala go, it's it's refreshing to see the club. I think take this, you know, quote net zero approach. It's much more careful. It's much more considered, regardless of whether we um, receive a points deduction, it does it does indicate that perhaps there is going to be a better approach moving forward. Um, so really interesting for Forrest, you know, but despite that, there's, you know, there's still last minute sort of, you know, scraps trying to get Chubarat Pom in, it sounds like. Um, and so there's still the typical sort of Forrest trying to bring in some last minute deals on deadline day. Um, but that's entertaining, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And, and probably a bit of PR as well, maybe from the ownership that want to be kind of known as that club that's getting the last minute deals through on deadline day and Sky are flipping to somebody outside the city ground. Um, I suppose when we look at actually the players we brought in and, and we'll touch on Mangala in a moment, three signings through the door, Gio Reyna, uh, Rodrigo Ribeiro and Matt Sells, who's probably going to be the most important if we're going to look at, at yeah. that. Um, players out the door included Mangala, as you mentioned, Scarper, Scott McKenna, Andre Santos, given his loan was terminated, and Alex Might and Brandon Aguilera go out on loan. Ethan Horvath on a permanent move to Cardiff. So more outgoings than, than, than in, which is probably a positive, as you touched on. 
let's start with the keeper situation, Max. Talked about for weeks, for, for months amongst Forest fans. And the criticism really doesn't stop for Ethan Horvath, especially after the goal he conceded against Arsenal on Tuesday night. Do you think that's probably going to be the most important five million that, that Forrest have spent this season on a new goalkeeper in, in Matt Sells? Yes, is the short answer. The bigger answer is the fact that it's taken 25, 30 million quid, whatever it is, you know, that might not be fully accurate, but a lot of money to to sort of three goalkeepers later to, to get the man that you want. And, you know, let's be honest, it, it sounds like Sam Johnston was the one that they wanted. It sounds like Keller, Kelleher from Liverpool was also in the mix. And so, of course, Sells is going to get our backing as fans. Of course, we want, like we do for um, for Matt Turner, want him to perform. Um, but it, it doesn't sound like Forrest got their top priority. But of course, like any club, that, that is quite a rare thing. You're always going to have a number of different targets that you go for. They've obviously got one. It's at a pretty decent price. Um, what I find quite interesting is Newcastle fans online have been given Forest pelters for this transfer. Now, you know, they do have a bit of sort of fuel in the tank um, because of the amount of money we gave them for Chris Wood and taking John Joe Shelby off their hands. But I, I did a little bit of a look into his Newcastle career. I think he played nine times and um, Newcastle fans didn't like one goal he conceded against Aston Villa, which was an equaliser. Other than that, he seems to have a pretty good career. I'm not going to sit on this podcast, Max, and pretend that I'm a League One, a French League One expert, because I'm not. Don't watch it. And I don't want to watch it. Um, but, you know, it, it sounds like he's a good player. It sounds like he's solid. He's 31 years old. He's experienced. And let's just hope that he avoids clangers. Because I would say, actually, Matt Turner had a pretty good game against Arsenal, other than, you know, the cardinal sin of, of allowing, allowing a goal at your near post. So, you know, it, it clearly, um, clearly he needs some time out of the limelight and hopefully Sales' experience will be what we need and just add a little bit of sort of trust and solidity at the back there. Do you think Sales will play on Bournemouth against Sunday? Do you think he's going to slot straight into the side, surely? I th yeah, I think if you're buying... So we've now got four goalkeepers, haven't we? Hennessy, yeah. um, Vlack... Turner and now sells. If you're disrupting that, bringing in a fourth goalkeeper, I think you've got to back yourself and be like, you know, and particularly for him, if you're bringing him in, you've got, he's probably coming in on the promise that he, and he's leaving a club that he's been at, I think, for six years. And so he's probably on a promise. I think that's what Forest fans want, you know, and, you know, say what you want about the Maranakis family. I think they're very plugged into what fans think. And, and what and and the the feeling of the fans, I think that that's why they didn't sack Cooper on numerous occasions because they knew um, the, the feeling amongst fans. And so I would I would put you know I'd bet five on him starting. Yeah, and I don't think that it would be a, a, such a bad decision. Mm, very interesting, and, and you touch on there as well. Him maybe not being the first choice uh, keeper for Forrest Johnston was linked, and and a few others too. Even rumours that they were going to go for Butland at, at one point on on deadline yeah. day. Um, it's never it's never easy, really, and it's never quiet for Forrest on deadline. There always seems to be this mad scramble. When we look at, we'll, we'll probably come back to the keeper situation shortly, Max. But when we look at, at the two other players you've brought in. Uh, Gio Reyna, I think, was probably the most exciting, 21 years mm. old, at loan deal until the end of the season from Dortmund. 
considered what people call kind of a, a real rising star in football. George Mendes, client who the Maranacas family are back working with now. He can operate as a winger and attacking midfielder. So this is a versatile player. This is someone that will hopefully do a job for Forest, provide more options in that in 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 that midfielder midfield area and in the in the attacking areas. Now Mangala's gone and, and maybe with fitness issues with Chris Wood, Tywo and if Morgan got injured for whatever reason. So that's a positive signing for me, Max. Probably the the most exciting this window, obviously given that we've kind of only had three. Yeah. I mean, if anyone tells you that they know about Rodrigo Ribeiro's academy career is a liar. So um, all that they know about the ins and outs of of a Belgian goalkeeper. So definitely Rayner is the, um, you know, he's the blockbuster signing. I think at best, like I say, he's blockbuster. He comes with a chequered injury past. And so, you know, we've got to hope that we don't have another Omar Richards on our hands and that he he's fit and that he hasn't passed his medical with a broken leg. Uh, and I'm sure that's not the case. But, you know, like, like anyone, having seen, having seen highlight clips, the fact that he plays for Dortmund, which is a club known for producing young players. You know, you look at what they did for Sancho's career before it went wrong at United. You look at what they've done for Jude Bellingham. I think this is it's really exciting. And... It's nice. It's nice that Forrest are able to bring in those talented players of pedigree. Um, so just hope he's not going to get injured. I think it gives us a bit more option going forward. I really hope that Callum Hudson Odoi finds his feet. Um, but it, again, it just adds a bit more depth to that attacking attacking lineup, and it's really exciting. We've got Alanga coming back. Taiwo scored again against Arsenal, obviously because he's an absolute, you know, fantastic striker. Um, Yes, there's plenty to be excited about going forward in the attack, for sure. Yeah, I think Rayner as well, being young and, and even though it's... And yeah. it's, I think also, I saw some criticism yesterday from Forest fans about the deals that were done and I kind of think actually we've actually been very clever this window, given these loans with these option to buys at the end. So if it doesn't work out... We won't have to buy them. It's not like Chris Wood when he had that kind of season-long loan and then it was the obligation to buy him. Forrest couldn't get out of that. Um, when we look at Mangala, Max obviously departs the club. Head held high and, and a very decent amount given probably what we bought him for. £10 million for the loan fee, £20 million as well at the end of the season to make it permanent. That's £30 million, frees up more room for the Premier League regulations given the, the, the troubles we find yeah. ourselves in. It's got to be a smart move, really, all round, but but a player will probably still miss a little bit. Oh, absolutely. It, it really is smart. It's smart business. And for a club like Forest, where they are in the league, where we are in our journey at the minute, um, you're, we're going to have to get used to selling players that we grow to adore or grow to really appreciate. You know, I hate to to anticipate this, but... I would imagine at some point in the next 12 months, we're going to have this situation with Morgan Gibbs-White and it's going to hurt Forest fans even more. But Mangala, I just think he's a class act, both sort of on the ball, but the way he, the way he carries himself, you know, he's, he's a bit of an unsung hero. And I just think his story at Forest has been great. He came in, he looked great at the start of the season and then he sort of struggled for a big bulk of that first season. But at the back end of last season was fantastic, really important in us staying up. And it's just been that, that solid character. I don't want to repeat what I've said, but I really appreciate that. And he leaves with, you know, what a great position to to, to leave a football club um, in the right way. You know, as a professional, just from a footballer's perspective, he leaves the club with the fans' support, with fans' admiration. And 
you know, we I hope that it, his career goes really well, but it is going to be, um, you know, it's going to be a miss for Forrest. But we do have a luxury of having quite a lot to play with in midfield. Danilo, Sangare, Dominguez, Gibbs White, Ryan Yates. And so because of that, Forrest have been able to make what I think is a, a really wise, smart decision in the transfer window, which hasn't necessarily been a hallmark of, of the past few transfer windows. Yeah, totally agree. Uh, we are live on Facebook and YouTube. For anyone watching, uh, do get your comments in. Uh, be sure to read them out. Uh, any comments about the transfers, what you make of uh, the new keeper and whether you agree that Matt Sells might be the most important £5 million that Forrest spend all season. When we look at Another uh, incoming player, uh, someone that signs not yesterday, the day before, so late last night on the 31st, Max, uh, Rodrigo Ribeiro, uh, Sporting Lisbon, striker, very young, loan with an option to buy of £10 million. Again, but quite a smart move, but but someone that we don't know, as you touched on a bit ago, we don't know a lot about, kind of played in, in this academy. But I suppose somebody that provides... Look, you know, if this guy turns out to be a wonder kid, then it'll be held as a as an in, in, incredible piece of business. But someone that provides another attacking option, if if Chris Wood is unfit or he gets injured, the same with Taiwo, we've only got two strikers at the football club, so this is another another solid option. Yeah, Ribeiro is an unknown, but what I think we can say from Nuno's track record of buying Portuguese players is that he's brought in some fantastic players. Um, you know, you look at Diogo Yota now, similar stature to Ribeiro. Um, and so what I do like is that um, I, I trust Nuno's track record, if you like, with bringing in players um, that no one's ever heard of. I also think that it's nice to have a player of a slightly different physical stature. We've got two, um, and they're not just, but two bruisers up top. You know, particularly Taiwo is incredibly quick um, uh, and, and has got a lot going from him and can be really skillful, I think, um, despite the fact he sometimes looks like um, he, you know, he moves in an unorthodox way. Um, but it's nice to have maybe sort of something slightly different going up top. Um, but other than that, he is an unknown and I'm not going to sit here um, and, and pretend that I know a lot about him. But it's also nice to have a young player, you know, someone that's hopefully will kick on this season and 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 justify us, us buying him permanently. The only question I think I've got is with the stakes so high this season, with a potential point span on the way, uh, or, or points deduction rather on the way, potential, we don't know, we hope that's not the case. But where does an 18-year-old striker with very limited appearances in the top league in Portugal, where do they get an opportunity to bed themselves in. So there might be fans out there, I think understandably thinking, hold on a minute, why didn't we get in someone that is just a bit more experienced? It's difficult to buy in a striker on deadline day that has that is proven at the Premier League level. But if we had someone in that was scoring goals, maybe in the Championship or something like that, there may be fans thinking that, and I understand that. But um, let's just hope that it works out and um, he hits the ground running. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I suppose it's it's, a, it's always a difficult one with Forrest because fans will often question, Max, who's actually making these deals? Who's being involved in, in transfer deadline day? Um, Marinakis and his son have been at the City ground all week after the Arsenal game. 
uh, and and also uh, for the landmark kind of event they did on 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 racism and, and and tackling that and some really big names attending there. And then obviously Ross Wilson, uh, the chief football and recruitment officer, is his official title. And then they've now working with with George Mendes. Do you think that's too many people at a football club to make the decisions, Max? And and I suppose, do you trust the Marinakis family on their own to to make these signings, given some some very dodgy business in the past? Saying that, they've also brought some very good players in, some very high-profile players that, that that have worked wonders for us. You look at the likes of Taiwo, for example. Or is this a case of... You know, everyone working together, George Mendes, a super agent, his links within football and it works well because it has failed with Mendes in the past in the championship. It's a really good question, Max. I don't Put care how many people are, I don't care how many people are making the decision, as long as there's a shared vision and a shared strategy. Every time I'm on with you, Max, and um, I'm frequently saying this, so I don't want to sound like a broken record. Forest's problem. Forest's problem has been, is that there's been no, there's been no clear direction. When you look at clubs like Brentford, you look at clubs like Brighton. There's there's a clear blueprint about what they want to do. There hasn't been with Forest, and with someone like Mendes involved, that might be quite difficult. Um, but despite that, you can't deny we bought in some fantastic players as well. But I guess if you buy forty players, you're bound to get some good ones. Um, it's a really difficult question to answer. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, I don't own a football club, thank God. Um, but, you know, let's just say, you know, the Maranakis family deserve criticism and praise in equal measure um, for what they've, uh, for, for everything that they've done in the transfer window. They've brought some fantastic players in that kept us up last season. They've also taken us into a position where we've been charged with FFP. We have bought some poor players, but there clearly has been a shift, this net zero approach. And um, that is a good move because we want to be sustainable. We want to make sure that this doesn't derail. This isn't a house of cards that now sort of just just falls um, on the fans of the club. Uh, so it's a really complicated situation at any football club, but I think particularly at Forest with, with how involved the owners are on deadline day or in, in our transfer strategy. But, um, you know, I'm forever hopeful for Forrest. And um, and regardless of all that, we stayed up last season, didn't we? And we, we just absolutely hope that, um, that we do this season. Yeah, uh, very interesting point there, Max. Uh, this comment saying the goalkeeper situation is a farce. When did they name the 25? Uh, Forrest could potentially have three keepers on the bench until one of them keeps a clean sheet. It's a very, very good point. Uh, Philip says, let's hope Rainer is signed by the same person who has done the other Bundesliga signings. That's not a bad bad point. Mm. Um, George Sirios was heavily involved uh, as head of recruitment at Forrest when we got promoted. He was heavily involved in the Taiwo deal and lots of others too. Marinakis actually got rid of him when Forrest were going through a bad spell. He's now back at the club uh, as like a non-executive type um, recruitment advisory role. So maybe, Philip, very good point that that, that he was involved with um, this deal for Rayner yesterday. Just just on um, that, Max, just yes. on that sort of, you know, Sirianos, I, I, whilst I say I really want this clear transfer strategy and I want this vision that looks a little bit like Villa, Brighton, Brentford, 
I just think we're we're not going to get that with with um with Evangelos Marinakis. You know, he is a um a hot blooded, passionate. You know, we've seen the images of his TV screen in the director's box. Um, that that's who he is, and love him or loathe him, um, he he is our owner. And so there's a part of me that just wants to embrace that or, or doesn't want to, but has to embrace that chaos. And with Marinakis, with that, you know, red-blooded passion, there comes, um, th there comes this. What am I trying to say? There comes this ambition. There comes this mm. ambition to take Forest to, you know, a brand, uh, you know, a whole new level, and that's great. But there also comes, um, you know, decision making that changes, changes by the day, um, and. And so this is sort of part of Forrest's makeup at the minute. Um, and so we've just got to get used to that. And I think the Sirianos point that you just made is just a perfect example. Things aren't going well. We'll sack him. We'll blame him. Things start level out. We'll bring him back in. You know, one minute we want to sack Cooper. Next minute we want to keep him. Um, you know, one minute we beat, us, we beat uh, United 3-1 um, three, three, or whatever it is, 2-1, can't remember. And um, and the next minute we're writing letters to the PGMOL. So you know we this is Forest at the minute, and um, you know we, I think we just got to be be here for the ride a little bit. Yeah, it's never it's never an easy ride ever. Yeah. Um, how many years of supporting Max? I don't know about you, but it just seems that you know there's never. I don't I don't think there's a normal day of of Forest. There's never a, a day where you wake up and. And you check Twitter and it, and it and it seems normal on the Forest timeline. Uh, let's look at, at kind of players out the door as well. Uh, we yep. touched on they included Mangala. Uh, Scarpa mm -hmm. went uh, as well, obviously kind of a while ago. Uh, Scott McKenna, Andre Santos's loan being terminated, which was probably quite disappointing to see given the kind of last minute move for him in, in, in the summer. Alex Mighton and Brandon Aguilera go out on loan. Ethan Horvath is also made permanent for a move to Cardiff. So another keeper shipped out and then another keeper brought in. Otherwise we'd have had five keepers. Um, when we look at, at, at Aguilera, Max, I, I kind of remember standing in the away end at Blackpool and even though Forrest nearly threw that away, the one positive I, I really took away from that game was that Aguilera looked like a... You know, a hell of a player, and yes, it was against League One Blackpool, and yes, it was an FA Cup third, third round replay. But in the same sense, there was Premier League players there for Forest that, that that weren't performing that night. Yeah. Whereas Aguilera looked a real threat, and he goes to Bristol Rovers on loan. What a scoop for them! If if, if there is any Bristol Rovers fans watching this, you have a one hell of a player. I, I, I'm actually surprised that that Forest let him go quite late last night on loan. Are you? I am, but when when we brought in Giorena and, and this and this Ribeiro, I think that it's not, it's a again. I think it's a wise move. Yes, Brandon Ag Aguilera looked you know looked really sharp against Blackpool. I've got a really good feeling about him, and I've got a good feeling that he's going to go to go to Bristol and um, he's going to tear it up. And how great would that be? You know, to see the EFL highlights coming from him, Brandon Aguilera scoring screamers from thirty yards, and that, I think that is what he needs. What I loved about his Blackpool performance, Max, was just how sort of aggressive he was. He's, he's only, you know, he's diminutive in stature, but he looked like, you know, since he's joined Forest, he packed on a bit of muscle and he was getting stuck in. Sorry, I'm getting emails through. Um, so I re I'm really confident and hopeful for him uh, and think that it is a good move. It, let's be honest, 
he wasn't get, he wasn't going to get much game time in the Premier League. It's important that he gets used to the English game, and hopefully he'll come back in um, in the summer. And wherever Forest are, will will start to then contribute to the team. But you look at someone like Alex Mighton, who's always gone, who's also gone out on loan. He's a yeah. perfect example of how it can go wrong. And that's not a criticism of Mighton, but how you've really got to manage these young players' careers, particularly when they're smaller and they're playing in a league full of, you know, big, strong blokes. And so uh, I've got, I'm, you know, I'm confident for Aguilera and really hope that Mighton can, um, can kick on as well. Yeah, Alex Martin goes to Port Vale on loan until the end of the season. Wanted to touch on Scott McKenna, whose contract was nearing the end, very near the end. Uh, he goes to yeah. Copenhagen. Uh, a good move for him. But again, somebody that has been a great servant for Forrest, was involved in the championship, was involved in the in, in the promotion winning season. Sad to see him go. Obviously, more rumours yesterday about Joe Orrell possibly departing. But when you look at a player like Scott McKenna, You've just got to feel what a great servant they were to the football club, really, Max. Oh, big time. I mean, man of the match at Wembley, instrumental in us getting promoted with Joe Worrell. And I just feel like um, a little bit like Mangala. It's slightly different because he wasn't playing, but um, it there's no sour taste in the mouth with, with, with Forest fans and McKenna, with Forest fans and Mangala. And I just think, thank you. You know, it's, you know, it's that horrible cliche, don't be sad, don't be sad, it's finished, be, be glad that it happened. But it's true. I mean, he is a legend in my eyes for, the, for this generation of Forest. Absolutely fantastic signing. I think it's a great move for him. Copenhagen, I think, I'm pretty sure they have European football as well. You know, yeah, they're playing Man City in a few weeks. Oh, well, cracking. So, um, mm. Well, good, good luck, mate. <laughs> Um, but it'd be great for his international career. Um, be great for his international career. He'll be able to play European football, um, and it'll be exciting playing abroad in front of you know in a big stadium like that. So yeah, I just um, what a top bloke, top top bloke. Yeah, spot on actually. There, totally agree. Great servant to the football club. Yeah. Um, I suppose overall, Max, difficult question. Before we have a look at the, the Bournemouth game. What would you give if you have to get a rating of kind of A, B, C? In the thumbnail, I gave it a rating of, of B. A pretty solid transfer window. Nothing yeah. much to shout about given the FFP. Do you agree? Yeah. Something along the lines of that for a rating in, in, in terms of um, incomings and, and, and outgoings? Yeah, I'm just looking at the ins and outs. I mean, it's definitely a B. What would make it an A, Max? I mean, what would make it an A? Maybe if you, we'd have signed a keeper that was slightly more well-known but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be any better. Maybe if they'd assigned a striker that was a little bit more proven and experienced. But, you know, I, 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 try, I try as best as I can not to sort of come out and just um, lambast Forrest. Um, I can't, you know, I am critical at times of their, of their approach and, and what's happened at the club. Um, but there's also lots of positives. So I think solid transfer window. It is such a relief that there's this uh, more careful, considered approach, you know, um, sell before you buy, etc. So, um, yeah, solid B. Yes, totally agree. Um, let's look at, at, at the Bournemouth game. Moving on from transfers, deadline day finished until the summer again. Uh, and you'll have to do it all over again for TalkSport, Max. But let's look at, at, at Bournemouth. Uh, Sunday, in front of the TV cameras, another big game away for Forest. Bogey team Bournemouth is, a, is I think, a, what a lot of people say. Um 
I suppose, Max, you've got to be targeting this game as... I want I wouldn't say must win because we're not at that stage, but it's a game that Forrest should be going and, and targeting and winning away at the Vitality because it's it, it's it's those teams that are going to be in the mix with Forrest this season, albeit Bournemouth are on quite good form at the minute. Yeah, Bournemouth are a really good team, Max. Sorry, I, don't, I keep getting these emails around, don't have to mute them. It's, anyway, but Bournemouth are a really good team. I remember watching right at the beginning of the season when Bournemouth were losing quite regularly and looked like they were relegation candidates. I remember watching thinking they're playing some good football here. Iriola's, you know, looks like he knows what he's doing. Um, and and lo and behold, they trusted in the manager, trusted in the plan, um, as cliche as that is, apologies. And and look where they are, you know, they're we've bit gone away to West Ham last night, um, who who were flying, who've I think lost one in 11 games and um, yeah. and got a point. Dominic Solanke is clearly the danger man. So while, while we're not going to be plagued by Kiefer Moore, uh, Dominic Solanke did get a hat-trick against us not too long ago. And so um, we've got to be really careful with that. I think Murillo was fantastic against Arsenal and so he needs to be on that sort of form to keep Solanke out. But Bournemouth, I, I don't know if this is just me, I, I lived there, Max, for eight, nine years and um, absolutely love the place uh, that is Bournemouth, but um, but cannot stand them because all my mates are Bournemouth fans. And we never, I, I can't remember us beating them, um, uh, particularly in Bournemouth. You know, remember that night right at the end of that championship season where the referee had an absolute clangor, should have given Sam, Sam Surridge a, a penalty. For me, they're a bit of a bogey team. Do you think that's fair to say? They're yeah, a yeah, I do, I do. I, I, I think they are. I think when they come to the city ground, uh, they just always seem to get something. They, they came back from I remember last season's game of were we it was were we two we we were two nil up or we were two nil up, two, Max. yeah yeah two nil up and, and and threw it away. It's it's just games like that where I, I think there's a lot of anger towards them. Um, I mean, fair play to them. They they, they, yeah. they come to the city grounds, they get points, and and they just prove kind of. That they're a very hard to beat, beat, beat side, and and I suppose Max, when you take Forest's away form into consideration, and some good away performances recently, if you take positives out of the Brentford game, one problem that Forest faced under Cooper was scoring. We're not facing that problem now under Nuno as such, yeah. with players back, with 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 Taiwo back, and with more coming back from the Afcon. Surely for the Bournemouth game, you'd like to think that that with a decent starting 11 for Forest, you're not going to be conceding those silly goals. You're, not, you, you, you're going to be able to score two away from home and be able to leave with at least a point. Yeah. And that's, in my understanding, that's Nuno's, that's Nuno's bag, isn't it? I mean, he, he sets his teams up well. And, and so I think it, 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 well, it's got to happen soon, but I think it will, where we, we, we just sort of settle at the back. And we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, about having some sort of consistent defensive lineup. I sincerely hope that Harry Toffolo plays instead of Tavares. Um, was to, was Tavares sort of, ta could he not play against Arsenal? Yeah, he was, he was, yeah. he was club tied. It, it was something, it was an, yeah. um, a deal in the, because he is on, he is on loan, so it was a deal in that that, that basically he couldn't play against yeah. Arsenal. Well, I, I hope I hope Toffolo plays, and I, and I hope we just sort of you know look solid. But we we can't deny. I know they, uh, I know they're a, a, a smaller club in terms of the size of their stadium. Uh, but you got to praise Bournemouth for what they've done and what they built um, on much on, on limited resources. And um, and I I just 
I think it's going to be difficult, Max, but we, we've we got the players that can do it. You know, Taiwo, Gibbs White, you know, it'd be great if Rayner came in and, and did something, um, if Sells was solid. I'm always hopeful. And of course, going back to your original point, Although they're on great form, we need to be we need to be going to places like Bournemouth and picking up points. Um, and so it's just you know we're just going to see what we get on the day. Yeah, definitely. Another comment here: if there is a significant points deduction, Forest needs to average about one point five points per game between now and Burnley. With Newcastle, Villa, West Ham, and Liverpool on the horizon, Bournemouth is a must win. I don't think you can actually disagree with that. It's a very good point. Yeah, say no more. Get on the pod, mate. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, are games really starting to become these must-wins now, given this possible points deduction, Max? Yes, <laughs> they, they were before, um, and even more so now. I think the the and I hate to say this because um, I think what's happening to Everton is unprecedented. They more so than Forest have become the scapegoat and the whipping boys by the Premier League. Um, you know it, but. Our, I think one of our big hopes is that if we get a points deduction, Everton also get another one. Um, and again, that feels difficult to say because I'm not quite sure the way that that's all happened at Goodison Park. I don't think that's right. But if Everton, I think it's a it's a three horse race between Forest, Luton, and Everton. I think Burnley and Sheffield United are, you know, dead certs at the minute, and. Um, and Luton are just looking 4 0 against Brighton, Max. I mean, Luton remind me of us last year. Not that mm. I can remember us beating anyone 4 0, but that, that, that team that have just come up that really have that momentum, that identity, that sort of fortress mentality. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Luton stayed up. So, um, but I do think it's going to be between us, Everton, and Luton. And, um, and, and the, the listeners or watchers comment there is absolutely brilliant. I mean, that's a great stat 1.5 points per game. I'm going to remember that. Um, and that is going to be a challenge, massive challenge in the Premier League. But it's it's all to play for. I feel, you know, I feel this real sense of concern. Uh, even with the transfer window stuff as a fan, I wasn't massively excited because I was sort of thinking, hold on a minute, we, we, could, we could get a points deduction. We're probably going to get a points deduction. So we're, we're right in it. We're, we're in the relegation zone at the minute. Uh, if, if you try, if you look at it that way, I hate to be too pessimistic, and so you know we've we've got to have that sort of dogfight mentality. Um, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, it's worrying times, but I, 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 you know I certainly think we've got the place to do it. Yeah, time will tell. Well said, Max. Uh, very good uh, discussion today. Thanks for your time. Appreciate it, and, and fingers crossed we'll finally get a result against the bogey team ball oh, on Sunday. It. Absolutely love it. Um, right, if you've enjoyed it, uh, remember to give us a, a like, share and comment across YouTube uh, for this uh, live edition of Garibaldi Red. Uh, and thanks for, for all your comments as well on Facebook. Uh, we'll be back next Monday to discuss uh, all of the fallout from the Forest Bournemouth game. Fingers crossed we'll be talking about a win uh, then. Remember to leave us a review if you do enjoy and we will see you next time. Have a great rest of your week and weekend. See you then.